Hello and welcome to the Collecting Heroes podcast. I'm your host JD, the collector of collectors, and this is the place where I interview pop culture collectors from around the world. Today, it's time to read between the lines with my next guest. His name is Albert Aquino. He is from New York and he is a comic book collector. So Albert, thank you for being on the show. Hello. Well, uh, thank you very much for the invitation. I appreciate it. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm really happy to talk to you about comics. I, as you may guess from the background, we haven't even discussed this yet. A little bit of a Batman fan, just, just perhaps. <laughs> You can tell who who my favorite comic book uh, hero is, but you know someone who's read a number of comics myself um, when I was younger and and in my adult years. Speaking with someone else who who's passionate about that, I'm you know I'm really keen to geek out with you today and and get into it. But the way I always sort of start this off when I talk to people, I always start from the beginning. So with you being a comic book collector. Where did your passion for reading start from and comics in particular? Oh, that's, uh, I appreciate you asking that. Um, it's it's always so hard for me to answer that question just because like it always feels like it's always been there. So my, my father used to read a newspaper and um, he'd bring it in home. I, I, I'm 32. I'm not like, you know, like 15 or 20 years old who's, you know, not reading newspapers or not, you know, <laughs> newspapers are I think of the past, like, I feel like, <laughs> but, um, you know, in the newspaper, uh, there'd be a comic strip area. So I'd always just gravitate towards that just because yes. I was so impressed. There's always a funny punchline that is guaranteed to make you smile. Yes. Um, and I'm an easy laugh. So like, I would, I would laugh hard. Um, so <laughs> I would, uh, get into that. And then, um, I remember Calvin and Hobbes, that was a story that I was just like blown away by. It was sort of a boy with this like pet tiger and it was just so funny. And it felt like it was targeted towards kids, but it really was for adults because it yeah. had really like intelligent <laughs> humor. So I started off with a lot of like comic strips and just like, you know, occasionally picking them up on the side here and there. Um, and then uh, I had a, like, like a lot of kids my age when they were like maybe 10 or nine, um, Pokemon cards were like the rage, like Game Boys and uh -huh. Pokemon Red and Blue. And, you know, are you Char are you Team Charizard and Blastoise? Now as an adult, I realized everybody was Team Charizard. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, would, I, I had a local comic book store that I could walk to uh, in the Bronx. And um, I, it was called Magnum Comics. And I would go there to pick up Pokemon cards. And I remember... There was a it was a small store like the entire wall behind me as I'm looking through the Pokemon cards, just comic books, comic books, comic books. And, you know, like uh, it wasn't very hard to sell me on them. Um, <laughs> so I I if I had a little extra money, I'd be like, hey, which character am I going to get into? Um, the Tobey Maguire era of Super of Spider-Man was out. Um, so I was like, I'll start with Spider-Man. Um, I was really into the X-Men animated show. So I picked up some X-Men comic books. And um, this, the series that I remember starting with was called Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate X-Men. Are you familiar with those titles? I'm familiar with titles. I haven't read a lot of them, but I, yeah. I mean, I, through my years of, of being familiar with pop culture um, yeah. and comics, I'm familiar with those. And obviously that was going to be one of my questions to you as a follow-up but you're already answering is, is oh, yeah, where did right. you start? What were the first ones that you picked up <laughs> off the shelf? Well, um, I'm, so yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man was a big one um, and Ultimate X-Men. And like the reasons why those I really gravitated towards were because they were a retelling 
of Spider-Man of X-Men, but like yeah. in the modern in a modern world. Yeah. So there was like cell phones and like there was you know it's just like a a, a a realistic world, and I didn't know that at the time. I just picked it up because like I liked the artwork. I thought it was cool, mm -hmm. and the story really got me. And like one of the things, so I, I'm right now my my day job, I'm an educator. Uh, I work in the nonprofit world in uh, after school programs. I teach kids academics, uh, you know, do like robotics. I do math. Um, I also do track and field with the kids. But one of the things that I've really learned about myself through reflection in the time is, is realizing that when I was younger, I wasn't a really great reader. Um, like when I read traditional novels, just like all text, I would only read dialogue. <laughs> like everything else I would skip because I couldn't really comprehend it. Um, I'd like have to reread the paragraph over and over and over again. So you so missed your context along the way? How does that work? I, yeah. So like, I don't know if you've had the experience, like you're reading a book, maybe you're tired and you read a whole page and you're like, I don't know what happened. Well, I, I, I read it. I just don't know what happened in that whole page. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that. Yeah. So for children that happens all the time, like they'll literally read it out loud and then you'll ask them, Hey, what, what did you just read in that paragraph? And they won't be able to tell you. It's just like, it's a comprehension. Uh, thing yes. so um for for me when i would pick up a comic book it was way way easier to follow the story i again it was only as an adult really reflecting on like my experience as a reader and like how i developed into a reader i realized like oh like reading comic books really really supported me and it got me all the all the juicy stuff that everybody's looking for in a good story like you're looking for characters that are well developed you're getting you're looking for a setting that feels real you're looking for a plot that makes sense and is exciting and challenging and for challenges that are are um worthy you know and um i always go back to like spider-man is like my bible uh <laughs> the the ethical parts of his character um were the things that like i was looking for as a kid i went to catholic school and i remember not really connecting with the bible as much as i as i kind of was feeling I had to, or I was being, I was being expected to. Yeah. And then I was reading superhero comics and I was, um, you know, I was being told like, Hey, you shouldn't kill. And I'm like, Whoa, like, but the military kills police kill. Um, why does the Bible says not to kill, but there's lots of cases of people killing. So why, why, you know, this really interesting, fun story with these characters, but not killing. Oh, I'm curious. And then that those ethical questions as a kid, I was like, I was so hungry for them. So that really molded who you became as a person and, and your moralities, I guess, as you, as you were growing. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I think a lot of people, when you think about superheroes, um, I mean, people love like the Deadpools and the like, you know, fun, the fun characters who are like anti-heroes, yeah. but the, but the traditional heroes are the ones that hold up the entire industry because yeah. they're ethical characters. You know, they, they stand by, like, think, I mean, you have Batman behind you. Batman mm -hmm. has one of the most interesting uh, ethical dilemmas of all time. He doesn't kill any of these people. He he puts them in jail over and over again, knowing they might leave. But yeah. he decides to do that and not kill them. And it's fascinating why. And knowing yeah. that other people may die as a result of that. Like, it, one, if they do re-release or, like, or they do escape and get out, he knows that someone else may die. And yeah, you're right. There is that massive ethical dilemma that happens with him. Uh, and it's funny even to the not having guns, which has evolved over mm -hmm. time. Obviously he started with, you know, yeah, with guns, yeah. but, yeah. um, and then evolving to a character who doesn't use guns and, and the way that's evolved. But yeah, definitely there is that ethical quandary that happens. And I love that. That's, I, I completely identify with what you're saying there. Take me back again, sort of when you first walked in to a comic book store, 
you're getting the cards, then you start picking up the the comic books. Yeah. Where where did that grow? Like so, because I actually saw you had a recent reel where you went in Target and you picked up the the uh, Pokemon well, cards well. again, and you were looking at them <laughs> on the shelf. Uh, are they something you still collect? Are you, do you still have the cards from your childhood? No. So I, I, oh man. So the way my brain works is, um, is a problem sometimes. Uh, I collect hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, um, I have to be super careful because, um, if I pick up too many hobbies, it'll just completely dominate my life and my uh -huh. brain. So I, I, um, I, when I went to, I went to Target and I looked at the Pokemon cards and I have a ton of people around me who collect Pokemon. And uh, I, I, I secretly want to really bad, but I know if I, if I dip my toes in the water, I'm going to be living in that pool, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so I actually, I did not pick up that, uh, that, that set. Um, but, uh, and I, I don't have any, I, I have like a small box of like, very small, like maybe 30 cards. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I pull them out every now and then for my daughter. I'm like, Hey, you interested in Pikachu? <laughs> like that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. what about, again, going back to that childhood moment, Picking up like the Amazing Spider-Man, you said in the Bronx. So it was in the Bronx. Is the Magnum Comics? I think you said. It yes, Bronx? it was. Yeah, Magnum Com still Comics. Still there? Is it still there? No, there? they're not there anymore. No. Oh, that's that's a pity. Um, but you, so you you grew up in New York City. Yeah. So you, you you're you're collecting comics from the Bronx. You've got a character who's literally within New York City. Was that the yeah. other draw card for you with Spider-Man? Is that you were seeing the places that, from your surroundings as a childhood you know it, it's so interesting so like being a new yorker um there's so much media that has new york as its centerpiece right yes uh and it's not just like comics i mean it's like every t tv shows music like it's uh -huh. such a uh -huh. when you're in new york it doesn't feel weird it doesn't feel it feels like of course this is like of course, all the TV shows are filmed here. Like this is this is the greatest place ever. Yeah. Um, but it also this is my home. Like I don't know anything else. A lot of people don't leave New York for a long time. Sometimes their whole lives. You know, I have I have friends who um, grew up in Queens and had never been to the Bronx, and grew up in the Bronx, never been to Manhattan. You know, like Times Square. There's there's New Yorkers who have never gone to Times Square. So um, it can be. Uh, yeah. So I, I I I definitely found a lot of connections. You know, with with a teenage superhero you know like, like of course i'm gonna i was really into it i was really into static shock i don't know if you're familiar with that character i um, am i i haven't read any of the comics but i'm a yeah. character yeah yeah I was, but the animated show i was like oh this is incredible <laughs> you know <laughs> just because he, he was black so i was like i wasn't that wasn't a, a common thing for me to see like teenage black superheroes so i was like oh yeah. Like that's my guy too. Uh, so it was fun to see, you know, I, and I, I, it's not very obvious from the way I look. I'm Dominican. Um, so my family's from the Dominican Republic, a country in the Caribbean. Um, uh, New York City has a massive number of, of immigrants from that area um, that our, our ethnic background is like European, African and indigenous uh, Native American. Okay. So um, that's my, that's my, my blood makeup. Well, um, so hence the, yeah. uh, the Aquino. Aquino, they were Spanish colonizers who took yeah. over uh, the, the basically a lot of the Caribbean, uh, a lot of Latin America. So um, that's where the Catholicism comes in. I'm not Catholic anymore, uh, but raised Catholic, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 So anyways, um, seeing I, I strongly identify with like the black community. Um, so uh, I, a lot of times seeing it reflected in my in 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 artwork and in in. in in music and comics it's like yes like it's it's made for me a lot of times it feels like that 
how did you feel about um is it black lightning is that the name of the the tv series yeah. that is also based on the character um yeah so black lightning is a, is a is a is a um a DC superhero. Yeah, uh, he's got a comic book and everything. I mean, he's a great character. He's good. Uh, it's funny, you know. A lot of um, black superhero characters have lightning powers. I don't know if you know this. This is like a weird thing. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, Halle Berry. Um, Storm. Storm. Yes, of course. That yeah. <laughs> Storm. Yeah. Uh, you, you said Static Shock. Black static lightning. Shock. Black Lightning. Uh, there's a few other ones. I forgot what they are. I can't. They're not coming to mind. But um, but it's like a it's like a common trope. It's like and it's almost at the point where it's like you have to honor it. <laughs> it's funny. It's because uh, you guys have electric personalities, right? That, that's where it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was that was a bad joke. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you're you're the father here on the call. I I don't know why. You you mentioned your daughter like showing her the cards and stuff. Do you read comic books as, as all day? All day, she's obsessed, obsessed. Yeah. So it's I, I think as a parent, right? There's um, there's there's a thought process that comes when your child is born, right? Like how the the values that my parents had, right? They assumed my child my child's gonna have these same values. Yeah. But obviously that is not how it goes, right? You're you're yeah. lucky if your kid shares your same values with you. You try your best to pass them on, right? But that's not always the case. Like my parents, we when I have we have significant dis disagreements, disagreements, disagreements or whatever, um uh on, on a bunch of things. And um but most things we agree on. Yeah. Um so but like my father and my mom they don't have a passion for comic books at all, right? So I'm intentional about exposing my daughters to comics as much as possible. And I'm talking about a three-month-old too. Like she's seeing it too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, my so my three-year-old, um, there's on Disney Plus, there's a show called Spidey and His Amazing Friends. And it is made for toddlers. And I am so grateful for it. It shows her everything she knows. Peter Parker, she knows Gwen Stacy, she knows Miles Morales, Doc Ock, Rhino. Who's her um, favorite? Hulk. Um, right now, she loves Doc Ock because it's a female character, and Ghost Spider, which is Gwen Stacy. Yeah, like, or, or, yeah. She's so she she. Uh, we you know it's funny we don't really like teach her how to be a girl, but she loves all the girliest things ever. So she's like <laughs> into nail polish and necklaces and hair and every female character. She's like that's for me. Like so she loves Ghost Spider. She loves you know any any female character. She immediately like looks to identify with them. There are so many strong female characters within comic books and over the years, how yeah. they've changed, obviously, and I say this as a middle-aged white man, but, you know, how uh, those those groups of, like, ethnic minorities or women, how they're represented and how that's changed over the years. Like, it's really great to see that evolve the way it has and to have the writers that are able to now, you know, share their their passions from their backgrounds as well, like Nicholas Scott, you know, just is the first that comes to mind as a female um, comic book writer. It's it's great the the strong characters that they can bring forward and and the way that they evolve. I also think of so for me, I, I read a number of different graphic novels, and there's Why the Last Man, not written obviously by a female, but has these really strong female yeah. characters along the way and, and even the way that the tv show has represented them i I've, I've loved watching as well um is there anyone as a female character that stands out 
to you from from your time reading? Um, so you know, one of the things that I always try to do is try to see any like gaps in my um, not gaps, but like what what is what biases do I have when yeah. I'm reading books? Yeah. And I look at my collection and like, I have a pretty, like, you know, it's pretty stacked. Um, yeah, most of the, and I, I try to have, you know, women, I try to have men as the lead characters. I try to like get as much of that diversity. Mm -hmm. um, the, the thing that I'm trying my best to do is to get more female writers in my collection. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in, in traditional comics like Marvel and DC, there's not a lot. And it's a really frustrating thing because like, you, I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm trying to read the best books possible. So yeah. like when I'm looking at the same thing everybody else is doing, like go to Google or you go to other like social media people who you trust, what books do they recommend? And yeah. it's always men. And I'm like, ah, like, you know, I want to, I'm going to spend $30, $40, $50 on a book. I want it to be worthwhile. So like taking a risk, it could sometimes feel like, okay, uh, you know, risk is part of the game when you're reading or watching mm -hmm. movies or music or anything, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I, there's there's a lot of female writers that I've been I've been like Gail Simone, phenomenal writer. Um, I can't even think of any more right now. This is embarrassing. Um, but, but, yeah, <laughs> no, but you know, like a uh, Catwoman is a character who I'm like super into right now. Like I, I've just picked up a bunch of stuff uh, of of hers I'm interested in. In the X Men, um, there's like there's a lot of female characters: Rogue, Jean Grey, Storm. Who I'm like, yeah, I, I love them. Um, Clarice Claremont did a great job of including more female characters into the X-Men and like making them as lead characters. Um, I love uh, in Batman, I love uh, Oracle or Batgirl. Um, yeah. I think she's so great. She's so great. <laughs> I just love that she's so smart and like just a nerd. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, I I'm, I'm trying to get as much diversity in my books. I don't only read superhero comics. Um, I'm really big into indies. So uh -huh. like independent publishers, just creators who own their own stories and they just want to tell a good story themselves. Yeah. So um, I've been trying to read more stuff like that. There's a, a writer named Sarah Gailey, who's a novelist, but she also like did a comic book. It's called Eat the Rich. It was like a really big story and just like the, the gap between extremely wealthy people and just like regular normal middle-class people or, or even like sort of to low. identify with you know that <laughs> yeah uh, so it was like a book where um the the rich people they they literally eat people who are serving them and Ooh. they yeah yeah so i i can tell you more about it if you're, if you're interested <laughs> so basically the way the way the story the premise of the story is like i want imagine that you are a person who is struggling to get a job and yeah. you got a medical emergency you're in severe debt or any kind of debt, just like in severe, severe crippling debt. So you're just plugging in the de the general tropes of it that everyone sort of goes through at some point yeah. in their life. And you could have been at this moment, you could have been that person. So yeah, I, I and, get it. And, and then you're given the opportunity to work. Your uh -huh. employer will give you all of your insurance, you know, your insurance will cover your debt and they'll cover it for your kids. Like you're, you're set, you're fine. You could buy a house. Financially, you have no woes. Yes. But um the, the the but in the contract is but we might eat you one day we don't know when but it's <laughs> gonna happen event one day it's gonna happen but we're gonna have to eat you and uh people sign up for it because they need the money and also because they like you mentioned in some cases their family are taken care of and everything as exactly. well so is that so in it, perpetuity um yeah the contract is forever oh nice, nice. yeah so so it's it's a fascinating story so sarah gailey is like a really good writer who, who, who throws in ideas, um, that I think are, are kind of more about like our society, you know, yeah. and the problematic ideas that we have, because 
employment a lot of times is just to survive. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah, hundred percent. And and that's the other thing. We go back to the ethical quandaries and you know the questions that are raised. And through uh, comic books, it, we can really hold up a mirror to society. Like, what would you do in this scenario? How would you feel? How would you react? And um, and I think that's one of the great things about reading comic books and yeah. and and when you can plug yourself in and and you become that person in the moment or that hero or even that villain in some cases, like, you, you know, where you might identify with a villain and say, I understand where they might've been coming from Magneto, right? In, in X oh, yeah. you might understand where he's coming from. Like he just wants to protect, you know, the, the rest of, of, of the mutants. Um, and the way he goes about it might not be right, but you can identify with, with these people. And I think that's one of the great things about comic books. You, talk, you spoke about uh, a lot of what you collect and, and you know, you've obviously got a lot of the, the bigger publisher and then you, you've got a lot of the indies. I, I noticed in when I look at a lot of the photos on your page and watch your reels, you have quite the extensive collection of trade paperbacks and also yeah. <laughs> like omnibus and, and things like that. But you also have long boxes. What's your preferred way to read and collect your comics? Great question. So um, I read I read comics to the single issue format, which is like you know just like a a thirty two page like yep. magazine like story, right? Yep. Um, I read uh, trade paperbacks, which are like six usually collected into one book, which is soft cover usually. And honestly, like that's probably the best way to do it, just because it's so portable and comfortable, and you're not really worried to like bend the pages and ruin the condition of your book because mm -hmm. if you read if you pick up a book th that you get it from the comic book store and it gets a tiny little dent on the corner um if you wanted to resell that it loses all its value which is kind of ridiculous um so i'm not really i'm not i don't enjoy selling comic books the only time i ever do it is when i need more money <laughs> yes. so I, i'm not really big about so my single issues i'm not like a big collector of those um, I collect those if I if they're comic books that are like really important to me. So like I have the first um, Static Shock in comic books, and I have it signed by its original creator, and I have the most rare version of that. Like that's like a book that like I cherish because that character means so much to me. I got yeah. the first Miles Morales because that was a big one. The Ultimate Comics or Ultimate Spider Man that series I told you about that like that's what got me into the hobby. I have the first one of that. Right. So like I have those books that mean a lot to me, but if I'm picking it up monthly at the comic book store off the wall, I don't really care about it too much, but I, I take care of it. That's why I put it in that storage system. Um, I, I The omnibus that I have, the omnibus are usually like, you know, the sticker price will say like 125 US dollars, 150 US dollars. Like, so yeah. these books are massive in stacks. I usually pay 60% of the price. Because there's a lot of uh, retailers who will sell them at heavily discounted rates. Yeah. Um, Walt, Walt's Comic Shop does international sales. Um, if anybody's listening who's interested in buying like really big heavy books uh, like that, <laughs> um, in in the U.S., um, I, I get my books from Organic Price Books um, and In Stock Trades. They're they're they got really good deals. But anyways, um, you know those books have so much story in them. So like mm -hmm. you'll get over a thousand pages of from from one creative team and it's like a, a full story from a to z so mm -hmm. that is that's the way that you're going to guarantee get the full picture that will take a lot more time to read 
But if you're a fan of the character, it's a definitely worthwhile investment. So that's like what the biggest value of my collection is mostly. It's Omnibus. Um, so I have Omnibus. I have trade paperbacks. I have some hardcover ones that are smaller. And then I have those single issues. So that's my, yeah, my answer is like, I actually prefer, read, oh no, the, the last thing that I do read, um, I read digitally. So I'll read it on my phone, literally. Ah, yeah, so like today, well. my, my daughter fell asleep in the car and she's a sensitive sleeper. So I was like, I'm not waking her up. <laughs> uh, so I didn't have any books on me. So I took out my phone and I'm reading on one of my apps. So Nice. Well, so trade paperbacks is, is the most preferred. preferred. It's, it's the most convenient. It's the most comfortable reading yeah. style. And for anybody who's curious as to like, I want to read a comic book, I would never recommend reading single issues. I think it's like watching a random episode of a TV show, mm -hmm. like episode six of like, you know, the fourth season of Lost. It's like, you're not going to get, you're not going to get it. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I would consider trade paperback is like a season. So it's better to pick up a season of a story. Yeah. And, and, and Omnibus is the entire series. Yeah. No, that's a perfect way to describe it. And I, I'm, I'm the same, like you can't see off camera, but there's a whole other bookshelf or a couple of bookshelves to the side here that are full of trade paperbacks um, nice. as well as I've got deluxe editions. And I've also got a couple of the Omnibus from the Sandman. Oh. Um, hey, yeah. Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman being my favorite author of, of all time um, yeah, amazing. in books and also love his, his comics as well. So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think, yeah, describing them as a season, picking up a season, that's it's a great, yeah. way, great way to talk about it. Yeah, perfect. Um, and I think just a real quick thing, like if, if a person is like seeing, you know, Batman uh, volume six, like that's kind of intimidating because you're like, ah, oh, do I need to know what happened in the other volumes? And the truth is you really don't like comics are usually written in that like volume format anyways. Mm -hmm. So I, I think for anybody who's listening and is like thinking about what's the best way to do this, any volume, just like pick a, pick a character you like. And if it looks interesting to you, you know, give it a go. Uh, it's going to be a risk no matter what, but might as well risk it with a character you're interested in excellent advice and that's one of the reasons i like talking to someone like yourself who has a bit more extensive collection a bit more experience with with reading and then and, and uh and essentially going through multiple different versions of, of, of formats so that you can give that sort of advice that's that's really good advice and going back to the digital stuff you were talking about what's your app of choice that you use to read comics on all right so i don't i don't have that much experience with with digital um, so I, um, I, th there's an app called Hoopla in the U S. Um, if you have a library card, you get access to tons of comic books basically for free. Nice. So, um, that's, I, I would, if you're in, if you're in the States and you can't buy any books, that's my first recommendation. Reading digitally is super satisfying because you don't get any, you read every, uh, everything, uh, panel to panel. Uh -huh. So you get you know when you're reading a book and like it's a really intense part and your eye just drifts a little bit and mm -hmm. you find out like oh the person's gonna be fine the mm -hmm. main character's not gonna die he's good <laughs> you know like that happens uh when you're reading digitally that does not happen because you're reading it in a in a swiped format which is like panel to panel to panel panel yeah. so um but i read on the kindle app so it's like amazon i have this um i have kindle unlimited which is like 15 bucks a month where i get access to a ridiculous amount of comic books but also like regular novels mm -hmm. so i do read regular novels too like you know just all text books a lot of times for work or something like that and they'll that that gets me the opportunity to read those too 
Um, but uh, if you're really big into Marvel, Marvel Unlimited is the one that most of my friends like are obsessed with. Comixology is Amazon's service, and um, I heard it's not that great. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> then DC Unlimited, I think it's DC Unlimited or DC DC Connect. I forget what it's called, but DC has their own version as well. Nice. All right, I'm gonna get into the harder questions now. I I told you before we started recording, I wasn't gonna really ask you the tough questions but I, i'm gonna get into the tough questions now although maybe it's not a tough question maybe i'm overthinking it who would win in a fight between bane and hulk ah i mean hulk hulk breaks planets uh so literally uh hulk is immortal in uh in canon right now he literally cannot die you can rip his head off he's not dying so uh yeah, that's that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured that was going to be the answer, and I probably would have answered the same way as well. But because you know, <laughs> um, I, I noticed you're currently reading Hulk, I think Red. I'm Hulk. reading Planet Hulk. Um, Planet it's okay. I mean, it's you know, it's good. It's okay. Yeah. Not every book, you know, it, this is what happens um, when you're an avid reader. Not every book you read is great, and yeah, that's true. Uh, and I don't know. I'm, I'm going to ask you this question: What if you pick up a book? What percentage of the time do you read the entire thing? Or do you ever like do you ever read a book and say like I'm not reading this? Like I I'm or even if it's terrible you still commit to finishing it. So, here's a little bit about my background and my history is, is that many many years ago before I got into working in the industry that I am now and before I got into being uh you know working in office and and um corporate environments and things like that uh i i started in retail and my last retail job that i worked in was in a bookstore okay. uh, a discount bookstore that i worked in for two years and i was i was a manager at and so i would constantly pick up books i still have as i mentioned i've got a lot of books on the on the, on the other shelves many of which have not been read because i would come home payday with a whole bag full of books and my girlfriend would be like oh great more books Where are you <laughs> <That's how> I... <laughs> <laughs> um so i tend to i mean i could probably get into one or two chapters of a, of a book before i know all right i'm probably going to settle in and i'm going to go through the whole thing if i'm not feeling it i put it down and it'll go back on the shelf and i've and because I think it's the same thing with sometimes picking up comics, right? You've got to be in the right frame of mind, mood to read a certain type of comic. I mean, reading a Batman comic for me is very, fairly easy and, you know, like yeah. there's, there's like a fun element to that. But then um, reading something that's a bit more, uh, a bit more serious, like a novel or even reading something like, something like uh the boys which again a lot of fun to read but also it's, it's pretty full-on in its content yeah. and subject matter so sometimes you got to be in the right frame of mind to read that um and i'm a big garth ennis fan um i love the boys love the tv show the, yeah. what they've done with it um I, I was a massive fan of the the comics well before that so you've got to be in the right frame of mind i think and that for me there are many books that i probably picked up to answer your question started reading one or two chapters in I'm not feeling it put it back on the shelf in yeah, some yeah. cases I've never picked them up again and and when I've downsized the collection over time some of them I'm like okay I just this doesn't se like seem like something that would interest me now I, I picked this up five years ago my tastes may have changed um 
you know, it's not really something that really interests me. I'll, I'll donate it. Um, yeah. So there's, yeah, there's plenty of times where that happens, but there are other books that you just read. And I think authors, you, you have certain, I think the same thing can be true of comics where you have certain authors and their writing style, you can just yeah. settle straight into. Oh yeah. And it yeah. just, it's just like breathing, right? It's just, it's easy. It's just natural to read and you'll just, before you know it, you've read a whole book or you've read a whole comic by, by yeah. a certain author. So yeah, that's long answer <laughs> to, to your question. But well, it, it, it sounds like you're, you're, you're okay with saying like, Hey, not right now. Yeah. You have to be, I think, I think trying yeah. to, I think this is the other thing, right? So there are instances where I've done that with a book and then I've come back maybe a couple of years later, I picked it up and I've read it and I've read the whole thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. But again, you've got to be in the right frame of mind sometimes mm -hmm. to do that and to experience that and to, to go through that story. Uh, because otherwise, if you try and push through it, you'll just, you know, it'll take forever. You ha it'll sit on the shelf, it'll sit on the shelf, and then you'll pick mm -hmm. it up, read a few pages, put it down, you'll come back a couple of weeks later, pick it up. And it just, you don't, there's no enjoyment, I think, to something feeling forced. You've, you've got to be in the right frame of mind to do that. What about yeah, yourself? I, How, what's your experience with that? So, so I, 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 um, I, I'm trying to get more comfortable with stopping. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and honestly, like, I, I think it's probably like 80%. So like, uh, 80% of the time I'll, I'll finish the book, you know, that I'm, I'm holding and I'm reading. Yeah. Um, if it's a single issue series that I'm picking up like the, the next episode, you know, every, yeah. every month, then I'm really quick with those. Like, I'm like, that was not fun. I did not like it. I'm done. Cold Turkey. Like yeah, you're yeah, out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like getting rid of this book out of my house. Like I don't even want it in my house. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I let go of things really quickly. Like I don't like to keep oh, that's too good. much stuff. As a yeah. collector, that's, that's, that's really good. Trait to well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm so curious about um, your your show because you read so many you, you talk to so many people and you know I think you know like there's a thing to like hoarding right like hoarding is just collecting without organization right yeah. <laughs> that's that's basically right. what it is yeah without um, a purpose yeah without a purpose without mm -hmm. without organization or without a system right yeah. like um, and I think that. Um, you know, I, I'm always very aware of like what I'm doing. I'm bringing in stuff constantly that brings me joy at the time. I'm excited about it, but I'm also super intentional about like, I'm, if I don't, if I'm not into this, if I don't look at this and feel positive things, I'm letting you go. I am no longer going to keep this in my home. I'm going to find you a new home. Someone yeah. else is going to take you and make you, and, and you're going to make them really happy. Right. Um, <laughs> So I know, and I'm I'm really big about that. Do you feel like? Do you ever ask collectors like, what's their system of like letting go of things? Like, do you think that most collectors that you've talked to, um, just keep like they, they buy and they keep forever with no intention of letting go, or do they have a system? Albert, you've flipped the script. It's become the. Uh, I'm just curious. I'm curious. You're, you're, you're the new host. I'm, I'm the one on the hot seat now. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, the. Yeah, we, there's been a couple of conversations where we sort of talk about, um, like, how do you organize? How do you track this sort of stuff? And then yeah. uh, in some cases, I'll ask people, what would you keep if you had to get rid of the whole collection? There are um, collectors that I've spoken to who, for example, and it's funny, you talk about, you know, when you had the your, your reading abilities, the challenges that you had when you were younger. The Harry Potter collector that I had on, 
actually is dyslexic. Um, And for her, you know, that was a bit of a challenge reading the books, but she loved them so much. She pushed through and she, she got through the whole series. Uh, But her collection, she's actually a Guinness world record holder and she has thousands, thousands Mm. of items. So her house is overflowing and for her, trying to downsize her collection has been a real tough task because mm. she at one point just wanted to collect everything, you know, and also because she has a YouTube channel, she was getting sent a lot of things to review as well. Um, and so it, it, it almost became like a burden. I've spoken about this, the burden, there was a Lego collector I had on where it spoke about essentially the burden of collecting and it can uh, what's the, the old saying um, from Fight Club that, you know, something about the, the things you collect own you or something. I can't, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I got yeah. that, totally butchered the saying there. Um, the things you own end up owning you or something. Along those uh, lines. Yeah. I think I remember that line. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was about consumerism and being tied to certain identity of things that you, that you collect or, or, you know, that becomes your identity. And um, so, yeah, it's, I, I don't specifically ask that question to go back to, to your original question. I, I don't specifically ask the question of how do you let go of items, but more yeah. how do they track them? How do they, you know, um, you know how, where do they put them? Like what's, what's the problem with space? I always talk about space being the enemy of collectors and stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> For um, sure. You know, and I think that's probably a great question that I should ask a bit more. You know, it's it, for me. You know, I I I had a, an apartment in the Bronx. I, I live in New Jersey now. Every New Yorker, I'm a trader. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I um, wasn't going to bring it up. Um, I know, I know. I, I I feel like I have to. I have to. Uh, yes, it's true. I'm a New Jersey man now. It's been a year, um, but I have a basement and I have space. I have space yes. here. Right. And even this wall, there's no comics on this wall right behind me. So I have more room to grow. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was a, a intentional thing when I'm looking for a new home. I'm like, all right, I need space for my stuff. That makes me happy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it's it's just how do you organize it? How do you present it? Right. Because, uh, you know, comic books live in a box. Yes. Um, so if I have a comic that I spent hundreds of dollars on and I'm really happy about it, it brings me joy. I don't want it to live in a box. I want it to present beautifully. I want to display it somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so that's like I think that's a, a big part of where I'm at with my relationship with my hobby. It's like, okay, how do I extract as much joy out of it as possible? Yeah. Because it does take a lot of my mind space. It takes a lot of my financial resources. You know, just because I love it. It's and um, I've made a lot of wonderful friends out of it. I'm talking to people like you. You know, yeah. like really open doors um, that I'm, I'm so grateful for, but I, I want to still make sure that like I have a healthy relationship with the hobby um, and that it's not just like, because I, you know, my wife is like, hey, we got to stop talking about comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks for bringing me back a little bit. Yeah. There's definitely parts. There's definitely elements of your question that I've had the conversation with people about, even like at the start of this season, um, uh, the Pop Fox uh, Marisol that I had on she collects vinyl figures and she her collection has evolved and you know she does sell off some of the items and she has had to sort of uh you know watch out for space like what what is she collecting essentially not so much or just getting rid of things but uh 
sort of reining in the types of things that she collects, maybe the certain lines that she collects. So for you, it might be in your experience now reading all these different comics, you may say, okay, I'm going to try and stick to these certain characters and these are going to be the main ones that I collect and that I read. And if it's not them, then maybe I might read them in a digital format and I can delete after after I'm done, yeah. you know, but in the physical version, I'm going to stick specifically to, uh, you know, static shock or something like that, you know, and that's going to be, that's going to be the identity of what I collect. Um, or that's going to be what I love seeing on the shelf. Um, yeah. but in turn, you know, you're not specifically stopping yourself from reading those other things. You're just a smarter way of collecting, I guess. Is, is well, one way you know, I, I think especially with comics, um, like it's really two hobbies it's really two separate hobbies right it's reading reading comic books uh -huh. and collect and collecting comic books uh -huh. yes. <laughs> so you know and like i have you said before that you used to come home with books that you have not read that yeah. is my curse as well i literally just bought two books that i don't know when i'm gonna read them because i'm not like <laughs> that excited about reading them and i spent like 120 dollars, and i'm like oh man that was a it probably wasn't the greatest idea, but like it's the fear that if I don't get it now, I'm going to miss out in the future because these things are not in the market for a long time. Um, it, the omnibus, that's what I'm really talking about. Like omnibus yeah, are, yeah. Um, are they have a, 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 a when they're in print, um, it's only for a certain amount of time. So like that Sandman omnibus that you're talking about mm -hmm. that you have in your collection, that's, uh, that's a really um, expensive book right now. Um, if you wanted to resell it, you could sell it for hundreds of dollars. Um, I'm selling it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I just love the not. story. I love Neil Gaiman so much. That's yeah. what makes it so valuable because yeah. so many people love it. They're like, no, this is incredibly important. Like it was expensive when you bought it, probably. So, but a person who maybe watched a show and it's like, I'm gonna get into it, and they read it digitally, and they're like, oh my god, I need to have this on my shelf. I don't want to get these absolute editions. I want to get the omnibus edition. Uh -huh. And that's what happens to like a lot of items. So that's what I know too much information about like what, what happens to these books when they get unavailable. So yeah. I'm like, well, I need to get it now. <laughs> there's, a no there's definitely a FOMO that happens with collecting. And, and then if you, if you do um, track what things cost and you think, and, and there's always that, bit in the back of a collector's mind like oh i could always sell this later and make a pretty penny on it and then yeah. you end, it ends up on your shelf and you're like i'm never selling that <laughs> <laughs> so let's be honest yeah. I, I convinced myself that i was going to sell it because of the value you know um but i mean you also don't want to be trapped with like buying three versions of something and then you have to the oh, ne next thing you know it's three months later you haven't sold it it's been sitting on the shelf and then the you know it's gone down 50 percent value or something you, you know, that i've been down that road i've been down that yeah. road and like you know really like the, the i had i had three hobbies for a time the third hobby was selling comics and i found that i did not i wasn't happy i wasn't happy at all yeah um, with like if i doubled the price on a i bought it for 60 dollars so for 120 or i sold it for 200 dollars, i wasn't happy i was anxious i was like okay i need i need more like i mean you know and it wasn't it wasn't mm -hmm. a good feeling and ultimately like what i always try to go back to when i'm thinking about my relationship with this hobby is like how does it when I was a kid, what was the excitement that I felt? And do I still feel that today? And the you. answer is yes. I absolutely am like blown away when I read a new, I, read, I just finished, uh, finished reading Batman White Knight. Have you read it? I haven't. I've actually just recently purchased it and I've got the Harley Quinn 
um, trade paperback version as well uh, yeah. because I, I know I need to read it. And uh, the Harley Quinn collector mm-hmm. that I had on first season, she actually was in communications with the with the author. Um, Sean Murphy? Yeah, Sean Murphy, um, who actually, because she's so, like, she's a long-time, long-time uh, Harley Quinn fan, yeah. he actually was communicating with her um, when he was trying to come up with the character of Harley Quinn and, and wow. in that universe. So wow. go back and listen to the episode if you want. But Oh, um, definitely, definitely. But yeah, yeah, uh, Angel. So shout out to Angel. Um, she's very fortunate that she got to communicate with Sean. That's so cool. Wow, yeah. that's really cool. I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, but I bring it up because it was such a good read. And like yeah. remember we were saying before, like when you're reading, when you, when someone's writing style is so smooth that you, like, yeah. you don't even realize you're reading. You're like yep. halfway through the book. And you're like, oh my God, what time is it? You know what I mean? Like it's like that kind of experience. I felt like um, that with Tom Taylor when I was reading Injustice. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Tom, I just finished Injustice too. Like yeah. literally like, like this month. And um, Tom Taylor is a phenomenal writer. And Australian. Um, I think Brian, Brian Michael Bendis, phenomenal writer. His, his writing is so quick and smooth. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of these modern writers. They're just like, they, they've mastered the conversational feeling uh-huh. of reading uh-huh. a book. And um, when, whenever I'm reading, uh, so I, I, I just had that and it's like a glow almost like that you have for the rest of the day when you're feeding these stuff. <laughs> and I, I, I still remember feeling that when I was younger, you know? So I, I, I'm thinking about your first question was like, how did I get into this? I actually went to the public library in my neighborhood when I was like maybe 12. And I remember there was a book called crisis on infinite earths. Yes. And yes. So I, it, not everybody who's listening knows what this is, but it's for people who are comic book nerds. Like it's, it's an iconic, mm-hmm. iconic story mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Um, DC basically takes all of these universes and smashes them together and in, their, in an effort to clean up their storylines because they had like two <laughs> wonder girls and like two different super boys and all this stuff. But anyways, I looked at this book and it had like a hundred superheroes on it. And I knew a bunch of them, but there were so many that I didn't know. And I remember like telling myself, I want to read this so I can learn all these characters. And I read the book. I didn't understand anything that was happening. <laughs> I didn't know any of the characters. <laughs> I know their power sets, any of the rules. And I remember completely being blown away. I was like, I need to read this again and again and again until I got it. It was just great. So that awe that I had, that, that feeling of just like wonder and just like shock, um, that's what I'm always it. looking for. Yeah. I love it. Look, uh, we were coming up to time roughly, so uh, I'm going to wrap this up. We've got a couple more quick questions I want to get through though. And I, actually just following up from what you were just saying about Crisis on Infinite Earth and, and you know, yeah. the smashing together of all the different characters. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you another question. Maybe this will be a, a little bit more difficult one. If you had to cancel out, and I don't mean like cancel as in the, the, you know cancel culture, but if <laughs> if you were a writer at Marvel or DC, and your editor came to you and said, "We need to kill off one of the characters forever." <laughs> which characters which character <laughs> would yeah yeah so not one would not not don't pick your favorite which one no, that's good. would you would you get rid of from those okay. universes? i so that's a great question all right so i am a big fan of character deaths i uh-huh. think it's necessary i think you need to start closing stuff stuff off so this is a controversial one controversial okay <laughs> I love it. um i, th- I people are gonna have feelings about this i think peter parker needs to i think his story should end 
Oh, I got I got goosebumps when you said. I'm sorry. Goosebumps when you said that. The, and the reason I think that is, and it happened in in an ultimate, it, it, it's happened in, in stories. Yeah. And the reason is he's got he he needs he's been he's been he's been the same character for sixty years. He's been a teenage or adult boy who's got girl problems, and he can never find happiness or peace. And I'm not saying like you know peace is going to be killing him. I mean like <laughs> let's close, let's just close it up. Let allow this man to rest to end. And allow a, a new generation to step in and take over. He can retire. Let him retire. That's my goal. But I, I think that Peter Parker, come on, let's let's let's, let's move on. Let's move forward. I, I'm all for getting some closure and some like chapters for these characters. He can come back in 50 years, maybe, like they did with Captain America. I was about to say, like an old man Steve Rogers, and like just let him pass on the the well the shield but in this exactly in this case pass on the web i don't, I don't know what <laughs> the web shooters you know? <laughs> the shooters yeah yeah okay you weren't expecting that you no expecting you like i literally <laughs> i i'm not kidding right, um, yeah, when you said that maybe that's too much maybe mary jane mary jane should go uh, <laughs> oh, oh breaking my heart over and over again <laughs> What about a DC? Would you have a DC? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel the same thing about these traditional um, people, but uh, I'll give you a different answer, different reason. Um, let's say, oh man, um, you know, there's these like, uh, so in, in uh, <laughs> I don't know, this is hard. I feel like people are gonna message me and they're gonna be like, yo, you, you. <laughs> You you've gone over way too far. Um, <laughs> you need to be silenced, Albert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled. I was gonna have. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say the Flash. I was gonna say like Barry Allen. Um, but, but no. But you know, I yeah. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say Barry Allen. Okay, Barry Allen. There's already two Flashes. We don't need two Flashes. There's Wally West and there's Barry yeah. Allen. There's two Flashes in the same title. It's not necessary. They have similar characters. I, I can get that. I get that. That's yeah. I don't there think that's a bad answer. I think that's a fair answer. <laughs> oh, you know, older people like Barry Allen because he's like from the like eighties, um, not even eighties, like before that. Um, Wally West. Most people like you know, most people like Wally West. They'll be they'll be fine with that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you're bringing up the Flash because I think Ezra was trying to cancel themselves anyway, right? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just by default. Um, okay, so. Perfect answers. I, I loved it. Um, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's good to sort of flip things on, on the head sometimes and look at things from a different direction. Um, yeah. But another question, just to, as I said, trying to wrap it up quickly. Um, so you, I spoke about the different versions of the comics, you know, that you have the omnibus and everything like that. Yep. Uh, and you mentioned about having certain ones that, prizes that you would probably put on the wall yeah, i yeah. bought my first slab the other day mm. so i got a cgc 9.8 first hey. edition of the killing joke um oh, hey. yeah so I, I had to get you know i had to go with one of the classics um do you also collect slabs so i have two um and that's it um i used to have more I have actually I have like like four more and again it's from like selling where like they're a pain I want to get out I want to get them out of here yeah um, I I got really into slaps for a little bit of time and then again I got I caught myself getting too into it and like kind of losing the joy in the hobby yeah just because like a nine point eight and a nine point six is very very similar 
Yes. So much, but the price is sometimes thousands of dollars difference, or it can be uh -huh. hundreds of dollars difference. And um, at the end of the day, like I didn't buy that book because of, you know, of a crack on the spine or a little dent on the corner. I bought the book because it means a lot something to me. Yeah. But you know, if I'm buying like um, my dream book is Giant Size X Men number one. It's the first like Storm. It's the first Colossus. First Nightcrawler. Uh, it's like the third appearance of of Wolverine, and it's a book that I I, I want really bad. But when I buy it, I'm probably going to buy it slapped because I want to know the condition of it. You know, I want yeah. it to be like, so I don't, I, I, I'm intentional about trying to stay away from slabs because it, I, when I was, when I had a relationship with it, it was really negative. I was like, I was getting too caught up in it. I was yeah, really caught up in the selling in the, the, I was looking at like, what's the value of it now? Like, oh, that's, you know, mm. uh, and again, like I'm trying to have a, a healthy relationship with the hobby. And keep the joy. Um, Exactly. Right. And, uh, you know, it was just, I have a buddy of mine who um, grounds me a lot. He's like, bro, like, do, like, why did you like, why did you want the book in the first place? Is it to sell? Because if that's the reason you want it, then there's no shame in saying that. Do you want to give like, him a shout out? Who's this buddy? Um, his name is Morbius, Morbius Comics. He's a big old school collector from the Bronx. He's been collecting for a long time. His collection, you should have him on if you want a collector. This guy, <laughs> his collection is insane. Um, Shout out to Morbius Comics. Yeah, no, for real, Morbius Comics. This guy's incredible. But he he's a he does a good job of just like grounding the the, the relationship with the hobby. He's like, yo, like if you're if you're into this to sell, then say it and like be about that. Um, but recognize that it's a different hobby. And I'm like, yeah. okay, like. That's not really what I what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to read good stories and then tell people about it and like tell people, you know, the good things that I'm reading. So, I love it. I love yeah. it. Albert, that's I think that's a great way to finish as well. I think, you know, that's great piece of advice for people. Um and uh, you know, as much as I've loved having you on talking about comics in general, just the, the collection side that we've delved into has been amazing. I've really enjoyed this conversation. So before I do wrap it up and let you go, I always get people to plug their socials. Where can they find you? Um, so first, I got to say thank you for having me on. Um, I've actually really had a wonderful time. I'm, I'm upset that it's only been like 50 minutes. It should be a three-hour Joe Rogan-style podcast. Okay? That's <laughs> it could uh, be in some of the people I talk to. <laughs> Trust me. Um, but uh, my, the places you can find me, um, TikTok, Albert Loves Comics, Instagram, Albert Loves Comics, YouTube a little bit, not really. Um, but yeah, Instagram and TikTok is mostly the place. Um, I, I have a little Etsy shop on um, Etsy shop where I sell um, sketchbooks because people who are interested in going to like comic book conventions and yeah. getting like a, a signature or a painting from their favorite artist, you know, they go to like an art store and the sketchbooks don't look great. So mm -hmm. I, I make my own custom comic book sketchbooks that are high quality paper. So, and I sell it for like $20. I don't sell it for a lot. Um, so yeah, um, those are my three spots where I live. Yeah, that's it. Nice. Well, thank you for joining me from New Jersey and not New York. <laughs> uh, i know i know it's two totally different sides of the world <laughs> so yeah thank you for being on the show i really enjoyed having you i'll make sure to put those links for people to check it out and uh, they should definitely go and check out uh your page I, I think it's been really fun as i said i've been following you for a while and really enjoy your content so I, i'll definitely be still following and, and still keeping in touch with you and yeah thank you very much and i, I really enjoyed this Thank you. Yeah, and me too. If you like the episode, 
please consider following or subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also join me on Instagram at Collecting Heroes, where you can see photos of the collections of the people that I'm talking to, as well as some of my own.